Hey folks, welcome to the AABIP podcast. This is Samir Avasarala from Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm your host for this episode. Thank you all for joining us today. It will be an excellent discussion about a topic that shapes the future of IP training. Today, we are very fortunate to have Dr. Hans Lee join us. Hans is an associate professor of medicine at Johns Hopkins and a director of their IP fellowship. He's most certainly a thought leader in IP education. Welcome, Hans. Ah, thanks, Samir. Thanks for uh, having me on the podcast. Hans, before we go further, do you have any relevant conflicts of interest to disclose? Uh, nope, not for this topic. Excellent. As a reminder, the views expressed on this podcast are those of the speaker in mind and not necessarily endorsed by the AABIP. With the formalities done, let's get started. So IP training has exploded over the last decade. There are now over 40 AABIP, AIPPD accredited IP fellowships across North America. Now, IP fellowship has gained ACGME accreditation, an exciting step forward. Hans, how significant is this for the future of IP? Oh, I think this is this is huge. Um, I, I just uh, co-wrote a um, editorial, and the title of that editorial is uh, the end of the beginning. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that's what this kind of marks is really uh, finally interventional pulmonary is, is heading towards more mainstream uh, of uh, American medicine. Yeah, it feels like every few years we um, get closer and closer to more people knowing what we do and not having to think about, hey, what does IP actually mean? And uh, becoming, you know, to me, it's always been mainstream, but to other specialties, it may not be. So I, I like that we're taking steps forward in that direction. So Hans, I'm, I'm a true believer to um, with the notion of to know where we're going, it's important to understand where we came from and what steps it took to get there. Could you elaborate on this pathway that all these important, important people put us on to get us this accreditation? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's so many people to, to thank for us uh, being here today. Um, you know, back when I was uh, an IP fellow, which was about uh, 10 years ago, I think there was only about like four programs, maybe, yeah, about four or five programs. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was really hard to get into a, a program if, uh, if you knew what IP was at that time. Uh, I think uh, now it's uh, thanks to the contributions of, uh, of so many people, all the program directors, um, organizations like the AABIP and uh, the AIPPD uh, for just uh, really focusing on, on developing IP training. Um, so many people to thank. Um, there is a uh, committee, a joint accreditation committee that was uh, uh, co-chaired. I just recently stepped down, but that was co-chaired by myself and John Mullen, and mm -hmm. um, and now actually one of my former fellows, Ashtosh Deva, is now one of the co-chairs from University of Maryland. So really the contribution from uh, so many people, I don't know if we can mention everyone without running up uh, all the time, uh, but it, if it wasn't for the efforts of these organizations and these individuals, uh, there, there's no way we could be where we are today. Yeah, I was going through uh, at least uh, some of the documents that are available online about the, the steps that had to be taken to get here. And I saw the letter submitted to the ACGME by the AABIP and the AIPPD leadership, and it looked like it was endorsed by all the organizations that we look up to, uh, ATS, ACCP, and uh, the AAPCCMPD as well. Um, bit of an alphabet soup, but it seems like uh, everyone supported this uh, 
the step taking place. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this was a this was a major step for uh, for IP. So we really needed to, to get the uh, the sign off from from really everyone in our uh, parent uh, uh, society, and uh, and that that really required a lot of conversation with between a lot of different people, um, just to kind of give you a little bit of idea of what happened on the uh, in, in the you know back doors of what mm -hmm. would, what happened. A lot of lot of a lot of work and conversation. So, so Han, someone such as myself, who's um, not a program director for an IP fellowship, uh, and for those of us uh, who'd be listening to this, what is the interplay between AABIP and AIPPD uh, to, to structure training for us? Um, how do those two organizations interact? Yeah, sure. So the, the AIPPD is, um, it's an organization uh, developed for uh, fellowship program directors and really focuses on the IP fellowship uh, education. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the AABIP is a, uh, has a much larger scope in, uh, for interventional pulmonary in, in general. And, and most people are, like myself, are members of both organizations. Sure. So um, I think uh, there's, there's definitely cross interest and this was just a, an opportunity for both organizations to kind of pull their resources and, um, and do something great. Excellent. So with this uh, accreditation in place, how do you think it will positively impact IP training across the country and specifically across North America? Yeah, yeah I think the most important thing is, is the future uh, in um, attracting uh, more people into IP, more, more uh, fellows applying to uh, um, IP fellowship, mm -hmm. uh, but also trying to attract um, fellows with uh, the most talent and the most diverse uh, talent, because as IP grows, we're going to need a lot of smart people, hardworking people, and, and a lot of people with a lot of different interests than uh, what we've had today, because the opportunities uh, are just going to be in a lot of different areas, and we need people to uh, lead those areas and, uh, and really contribute. Excellent. So with the thumbs up from the, the ACGME, when does this actually start, uh, the, the, the era of ACGME accreditation? I'm, I'm sure there's some lag between big organizations saying yes to things actually uh, materializing. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I think, uh, a question that I get pretty frequently, Samir, is uh, when, when does it happen? Um, for program directors, uh, if everything goes as scheduled, the application to um, the ACGME for fellowship programs to apply will probably happen uh, towards the end of uh, 2023, which is uh, the end of next year. Mm -hmm. uh, for fellows or people applying to IP fellowship, it's not gonna affect this uh, uh, applicant pool that's going through the match now, but um, may likely affect uh, the class uh, after that. Understood. Okay, so getting there, but but not quite. Excellent. Uh, from a program director standpoint, Hans, does this accreditation uh, change your approach for any particular things as far as screening applicants or your selection process or anything like that? Do you forecast any changes about the personal approach that you'll take, or not really? Um, well, I, I think we're 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 still learning a lot. And you know, one, one of the things that uh, I did as well as some of the other program directors have done is uh, we've actually attended 
um, the pulmonary critical care program directors annual meetings to mm-hmm. kind of get some insight as to as to what we're we're going to step into. Um, and uh, I, it's really a uh, new regulatory environment which we we kind of have to adapt to. Uh, that's going to be quite foreign to to me and and to others. And even for the pulmonary critical care program directors, uh, one of the notions that I picked up is that the regulatory environment is constantly changing and sure. flux. So they're constantly adapting to the to the new rules and regulations, and and that's going to be uh, part of the growing pains for us as uh, as program directors. I, um, I'm in, sorry, go ahead, Hans. Yeah, no, I, I mean, so I, I think that's uh, that's that's going to be one of the challenges that we'll be facing really, really soon. And uh, and we're already having meetings uh, about the about these uh, uh, regulations. Got it. I'm I'm imagining with uh, you know ACGME soon to be keeping an eye on things now in the in the IP world uh, since the P of the IP is inter- interventional and then pulmonary and the first part is interventional procedures is what we do uh, and a lot of the the training that we seek out is volume based etc. How do you feel this accreditation kind of affects you know, keeping an eye on those volumes, tracking those things to make sure our future fellows are getting the training that they need? Yeah, I mean, so actually, currently, um, a lot of procedures are being uh, being tracked by this uh, uh, joint committee. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more things to track and um uh, and it's going to get a lot more granular with the uh, the ACGME regulations coming into place. Um, not just procedures, but you know, work hour re- regulations. Um, do we have um, these clinical competency committees and PEC committees in our mm-hmm. fellowship? Uh, and so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of eyes on on what we do. But one of the great things about this process is that. Uh, program directors will have uh, protected time to to kind of deal with a lot of these uh, logistics, and I think it also ultimately the reason why we do this is to uh, to make sure that the fellows are protected and ensure that they have a quality education through interventional pulmonary fellowship, and thus become hopefully better graduates, uh, better practitioners, and uh, um, just better people to contribute to our to our field. Great, great. So th- this is certainly a big step, and um, it, it can't be all positive. A- any hesitations that come to mind, or any big hesitation that had to be jumped over before saying, "Hey, this is the way we got to go." Yeah, I mean, there's 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 going to be a lot of challenges, especially uh, short term challenges. Um, I think one of the big things that a lot of programs have been talking about is that uh, the funding model has. Uh, a lot of uh, historically for IP fellowship programs has been that the the fellow um, is able to um, create some of their own funding for their mm-hmm. positions by doing some uh, additional clinical work here or there. Um, with the with the ACGM regulations, uh, that would be uh, prohibited, um, and so a lot of programs are are looking for alternate sources of funding or justifying uh, the their funding. So. They have to um, have uh, long conversations with their deans and uh, their GME and division chiefs about um, salary protection for the fellow, but uh, as well as for themselves and their fellowship coordinator. So uh, some programs uh, may not have all of these uh, pieces uh, in place, especially younger programs. 
but this is a great opportunity to start that conversation uh, and make sure that uh, that the optimal resources are available for uh, fellowship training. So this is why I think this is going to be ultimately a great thing, uh, because we're going to have a, a more positive education experience for the fellows and the graduates, uh, and as well as um, protected time for our program directors. It sounds like, based on everything I heard, things would be more granular, more formalized, and likely a, a bit more strict. Uh, with, I, I think, is, is that a correct assessment? I, I think so. Um, we, we've been self-regulating for uh, for the longest time, and, uh, and 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 we always, I think, in our hearts, want to do what's best. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're not uh, regulators. We're not policymakers. Um, we're we're primarily uh, physicians and uh, specialists. And so I think uh, having people who are experts in those areas do what they do best. Uh, I think in the end, it's going to be uh, positive for every, for everyone. Do you think that the, the number of IP fellowships will continue to grow with um, a more formal regulatory body in place, or do you think we'll kind of plateau out? This is anybody's guess, and this is just my opinion. Sure. Uh, I, I think uh, early on, as everyone's kind of adjusting to the uh, regulations and um, and understanding the, the hurdles uh, of starting a fellowship program, uh, probably I, I expect that uh, maybe in the beginning, we're gonna have a little bit of a slowdown mm -hmm. in, um, in programs, but ultimately I think nationally, we still have really a shortage of programs. We don't have enough uh, IP practitioners uh, to practice throughout the United States. So I, I see two things happening. I see one, after the short-term um, uh, learning curve, probably see more programs uh, start to pop up, especially in areas where geographically uh, IP hasn't been there as long as uh, other areas. Right. And then the second area of growth is what I see is that I think a lot of programs uh, that have the procedural volume and have the educational resources will eventually, we're gonna see more programs with two fellows or mm -hmm. three fellows, multiple fellows per program, rather than just having one fellow per program. So I, I think that's my prediction for um, the intermediate future. I'm uh, looking forward to meeting all these new colleagues in the future, that's great. Uh, Hans, with uh, fellowships now being ACGME accredited, and in your opinion, what is the next milestone that needs to be achieved for IP training? Well, um, I think, uh, and I think some of these things are already happening. Uh, I, I think a lot of people have their eyes set on uh, the ABIM boards and transitioning uh, board certification in the, uh, uh, in the future from the ABIP boards to perhaps the ABIM. That's always been the, the goal when, uh, when the IP boards were first developed by mm -hmm. the ABIP. Um, so I think with this now just happening uh, this past summer, uh, I think it kind of paves the way for, uh, for the, that next step. And, and I think when that happens, boy, um, you're, we're really going to be mainstream and, uh, and we're just going to be a, a lot of work for a lot of people uh, to kind of uh, bring our fields forward even further. So that's why I call this the, the end of the beginning. And really, <laughs> really, we're gonna 
start to deal with a lot of the uh, challenges that other specialties have uh, with policies and reimbursements and uh, new, new uh, procedures. And what do we do with those things? So I think uh, really an exciting time for uh, people in IP and those that are coming into IP. Um, we certainly can use their, their talents and leadership and, uh, and just skills. Yeah, we're all super appreciative of uh, all the time and effort uh, you folks put in to kind of pave the way for us. So, uh, you know, I'd like to finish out with uh, time for closing remarks. Anything you feel we left out that's important to discuss? Uh, well, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's, there's a lot. And I'm glad you were able to bring up uh, about the past because really there, there was a lot of contributions without uh, the program directors creating their programs and, and getting us to this critical mass, uh, this certainly wouldn't have happened. Uh, this certainly wouldn't have happened uh, if the people that trained us didn't train us. And, um, and, and the challenges continue and opportunities continue to increase. So I think anyone that's really interested in education, because I hear that a lot on the uh, interviews as we're interviewing new applicants, mm -hmm. that they're interested in medical education and they're interested in, uh, in research. Um, I, I encourage everyone to kind of keep that uh, enthusiasm. And uh, if you're interested in IP education, reach out to organizations, to myself, uh, because uh, there's, there's a lot of work, a lot of really interesting work um, that needs to be done. So, But I, I really appreciate this opportunity to kind of uh, bring this message out as well. Wonderful, Hans. We're super appreciative of your time. Thank you so much. Thank you.